Father, we just come before you, Lord. God, I just pray, God, that you would, Lord God, just release, God, the power of your Holy Spirit, God, that you would anoint me, Father, for service, God, that I would be sensitive, God, to what you have to say, Father, that I would not go further than anything you want me to say, Lord, and Father, that I would be sensitive, Lord, sensitive, God, to what you would have me to speak, Lord. Father, I pray for those this morning, God, that need to hear from you, Lord, and for those, God, who need a touch in their life, and for those who need direction, God. Lord, I pray, God, that your word would shape us, mold us, and challenge us to become, Lord, the man, the woman, Lord God, that you want us to be, Lord. Jesus, have your way. In God's mighty name, we all said? Amen. Amen. Someone said? Amen. There we go. Praise the Lord. How many guys know that if you want to be successful at life, who wants to be successful at life? How many guys know if you want to be successful at life, you're going to have to first learn how to live life? Amen? But how many guys know that it's not, life isn't easy. Amen? Life is not easy. There's, thing of, there's things about life that you have to learn all the way from when you're a baby, learning to crawl, learning to walk, learning to speak, learning how to interact with other people, uh, all the way to what does it take to make life successful. Amen? You have to be able to understand how life works. Can you say amen? The very same thing is true when it comes to your spiritual life. How many guys want to be successful at your spiritual life? Your Christian life, amen? Then you're going to have to know how to live for God. How many of you want to know how to live for God this morning? Amen? It's going to take you learning how to live for God. Because a lot of people assume they know what God wants, but the only way we really know what God wants is how? Through His Word, amen? And so if you will, turn in your Bibles this morning to, he, to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. If we can go ahead and get that on the screen. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. If you don't have your Bibles with you, that's okay. We'll have, we'll have it right here on the screen. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And the title of my sermon this morning is How to Live for God. How many of you guys like how-to books? Amen? Or, or you like want to know how to get on YouTube, how to do this, how to change a light, how to change a light bulb, right? How to open, how to make a garage door open, right? All these different things. How-to, how-to. Well, the Bible gives us some how-to when it comes to living for God. Amen? How to live for God. So if you will, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Um, before I get started, I want to just give you a little bit of background. In this passage we're about to read, we're going to see what the Bible says about what living for God looks like. Amen? How many guys have heard of the Apostle Paul before? The Apostle Paul was a man who was one time uh, uh, a murderer of Christians. He would actually go after them and hunt them down, throw them in jail and have them killed. And then one day he was radically changed by Jesus Christ. And he became a Christian, and now his letters are what we call our Bible, amen, in the New Testament. And for those of you who may not have known, a lot of those letters you read in the Bible, in the New Testament, you guys know those are prison letters, amen? Hello, right? So we're, we're getting straight from the heart when someone's alone, spending time with God, and learning. The book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, this is the Apostle Paul writing, and he writes these words. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 
How many of you know that when it comes down to living for God, what it boils down to is learning how to discern what God's will is for your life and then learning how to make the course corrections as you live for God? Amen? How many of you guys want to know the will of God? Amen? Well, the Bible is going to teach you how to do that. Real quick, I want to show you something. First, some things we're going to cover today. Someone say five things. Number one, if we're going to learn how to live for God, number one, we're going to need to understand salvation. Okay, salvation is one of those words that you hear in church and you may not understand what it really means. Have you guys heard the term, I'm saved, right? What are we saved from? Right? From being in trouble with God, right? Right? We're saved from the wrath of God. We're saved from hell. How many of you guys are glad you don't have to go to H-E double hockey sticks no more? Right? Right? I'm glad I don't have to go there no more, right? Because I've been saved. I've, God has, has sent salvation through Jesus Christ. That word salvation actually means to deliver, to save, to help. How many of you guys know that we've been greatly helped by God? Amen? And so the number one thing I want you to understand is that if you want to learn how to live for God, you have to have a right and proper understanding of what salvation is. Number two, it's going to take a life of dedication. How many of you guys know if you want to live for God, it's going to take a life of dedication? It's kind of an all-or-nothing thing. You know what I'm saying? It's really like, there's no, how many of you guys know that God don't, ain't into half-stepping? How many of you guys are into half-stepping when you get married? Hello? No? No? Right? It's an all-or-nothing thing, correct? Right? Number three, if you want to live for God, it's going to take a life of separation. That means you're going to have to break up with the world. Hello? Right? Everyone say, I'm breaking up. Right? you got to break up with the world, and I'll explain to you what that means. There's a lot of Christian needs that we use. I'm going to break that down and help you guys understand what I'm saying. And number four, if we're going to learn how to live for God, it's going to take a life of spiritual education. How many of you guys know that we have to learn how to live for God? Right? It's a process. It's a, it's a transformation. It's a renewal of the mind. Amen? And number five, if we're going to learn how to live for God, it's going to take evaluation. How many of you guys know self-evaluation is a good thing? Amen? You have to learn how to check yourself so you don't wreck yourself. Hello? That's Ice Cube. Amen. <laughs> you guys know that quote, huh? <laughs> and if you're scared, no, I'm just kidding. Go to church. All right. Number one. You guys with me? We're going to be in our Bibles, okay? So you just flow with me. I'm going to be going off that scripture. I want you to see one thing right from the gate. Let's go. Get that scripture up here, brother. If we're going to live for God, verse 1, if we're going to live for God, we have to have a proper understanding of salvation. Someone say salvation. salvation. How many of you guys know salvation is not our thing? That's what God did for us. Can you say amen? amen? And I like it right here. The Apostle Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. I want you to see right here. What's that say? You can't see it because of my fat head, right? Mercies of God. Right? How many of you guys know that before we do anything for God, right? Before we even think of doing one thing for God, it's all about what God has done for us first and foremost. Amen? If it's not about what God has done for you through Jesus Christ, we have nothing to offer God. Right? Even our best intentions, our best motives, our best way of wanting to do something for God, apart from the cross of Jesus Christ, is no good before God. Can you say Amen? See, if we don't understand how this salvation thing works, we can get our whole Christian life messed up. How many of you guys know you can't have the cart before the horse, 
right? And so when it comes to working for God, living for God, doing things for God, because I mean, guys know we're supposed to do a lot of things for God, right? But if you have it mixed up where you have the cart before the horse, your heart will get messed up because you end up thinking that you have to work really hard to get into heaven, right? You end up thinking that you have to be perfect in order to get into heaven. You end up thinking that in order for God to bless me, I have to live this perfect life. I mean, guys know that is not true, right? Because the only kind of people God works with is messed up people, right? There is no other kind of people, right? I've heard it said like this before. There's only two kinds of people in life, sinners and Jesus. Hello, right? Guess what kind of category we fall into? That messed up category, right? So right from the gate, we have no choice. If it wasn't for God showing his mercy on our life, we would have nothing to offer God. Amen? A lot of people do religion, right? And religion is when you go to church, right? You make, you make your crosses. You do everything you got to do, right? You, you make God happy, right? I want to make him happy so he don't get mad at me. And, you know, I want to make sure I get my blessings. So I go to church or I make the sign of the cross when I go by the church or whatever. Amen? I mean, you guys know that that is not what makes God happy. Hello? I understand what it means in respect, out of respect. But what it really boils down to, the thing that makes God happy is a perfect sacrifice. And that's something we can't give. And that's why he had to do it through his son, Jesus Christ. Are you with me this morning? I'm going to teach you guys a little bit this morning. And the first thing that Paul says is that salvation starts with God. Long before me or you were ever born, before we heard about God, before anything, God had a plan for you. Before you were ever considered by your mom and dad, God had a plan for your life. God decided beforehand that he was going to do something on your behalf that he already knew you weren't going to be able to do for him. Amen? Because a lot of us, if it was not for God's grace and his mercy on our life, guess what? We're in, we're in trouble. Hello? We're in trouble. See? And I like this. The Apostle Paul, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Here we see the Apostle Paul making a plea with the church to live a, sacrif a sacrificial life for the honor and glory of God. But check this out. Before Paul starts talking about what Christians need to do for God, he wants to make sure you understand what God has done for you. Are you guys with me this morning? See, that is the thing you have to understand, that salvation first and foremost starts with God. Before anything could be done, before you could try to be good, before you can go to church, before you can be baptized, anything. It started with 2,000 years ago that God sent his son to die on a cross for people who were helpless and unable to help themselves. That's good news, guys. I don't know if you know that. That's good news. All right? That's really good news. See, because I'm very thankful because as soon as I started serving God, I started thinking, you know, at first you come to God, you're like, man, he loves me, right? They told me, man, just come as you are. You hear the song, you're crying at the altar. Oh, Jesus, I love you. And then it's all about get to work, right? Start serving God, right? And then you start serving God because that's what you're supposed to do. But then subtly, someone say subtly. Subtly what begins to happen is you begin to think that it's how good you are that makes you acceptable to God. And you forgot that the reason you came to God in the first place because what he did for you on that cross, right? Not because you were good enough. Amen? And if you, have to, if you don't have that right when it comes to salvation, you're going to live a messed up Christian life. Amen? You're going to spend all your days, all your energy worrying, concerned, am I good enough for God? 
Am I living right enough for God? Am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? And guess what? If you don't, if you don't base your salvation in the grace and that cross and that mercy, you're going to be looking to your own efforts to get you acceptable to God. Amen? And the Bible does say that we need to repent from our sin, but that's an issue of the heart, right? Where we repent, we make a U-turn from our sin, and we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm going somewhere, guys, all right? Hang with me. I know you guys want to go to the lake and all that. Chill out, all right? Chill out, right? There ain't no beer there. Chill out, amen? Look, how many of you guys know that right motives leads to right living? Right motives. Someone say right motives leads to right living. We have to have our motives right if we're going to live right. Amen? Everyone's a little distracted this morning. Everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. All right? You guys know if we, have, if we want to get our motives right, if we want to live right for God, we got to get our motives right. Amen? Check this out. The Bible says that if we want to live for God, before we live for God, we have to love God. Amen? Can I tell you a secret? You're never going to love anyone that you feel is just a taskmaster on your life. If you feel like you always, he's always just cracking the whip on you, failure, you suck, right? When are you going to get it together? Right? If that's how you feel all the time, right? Stupid, right? God don't throw chanclas at you like, you know, like your mom used to, amen? Right? Look, until you understand that God loves you, until you understand about the love of God first and foremost, until you understand and get that inside of you that God loves you, you're not going to serve Him properly. Amen? You won't serve Him properly. You have to get the love of God inside of you. The Bible says we love God and we live for God because He first loved us. Amen? And so you have to get it right in your heart. Why am I harping on this? Because too many Christians do not understand the cross. Too many people, when they come to church, they come to God, they don't understand the cross. They don't understand that first and foremost and always, not just when you start your Christian life, all the way when you live your Christian life, it's always about the cross. Amen. You guys are asleep this morning. Hello. Look, when, when it comes to the mercies of God on your life, you guys know mercy is something that you don't deserve. Amen? Mercy is something that you do not deserve. And see, for a lot of people, how many of you guys have ever gotten upset with God because you felt like you didn't get something? You, 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 you said, God, I don't deserve this, right? I don't deserve this happening in my life. Lord, why did you allow this? I don't deserve this. Can I tell you a cold, hard truth from Scripture? You don't deserve anything from God. Hello? That's Scripture. You don't deserve anything from God. And in fact, if we want to get down to the nitty-gritty, what we do deserve is what? We deserve hell, right? Amen? So anything above, outside of hell, is all, man, that's all cheddar, right? That's all grace. That's all love. Anything outside of that is all the mercy of God. Can you say amen? Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Amen. When a judge has mercy on an individual, on a criminal, right? What does that mean? It's sparing them, right? How many of you guys know God has spared us? 
Amen? He spared us from all the things that we deserve in our life. How many of you guys know that you've probably gotten away with a lot of things in life? Right? There's a lot of things you might have got busted for, but I guarantee you there's a whole lot more things that you haven't got caught for. Amen? And so, guess what? By the fact that you're still here today, and you're still walking with God, and you're still able to, you know, look to God, and you're not in hell, guess what that means? He spared you. He had mercy on your life. Who's thankful for mercy today? Amen? Look, check this out. Romans chapter 9, verse 15 and 16, it says, For he says to Moses, this is God speaking, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. Know what that means? It says, if it wasn't for God choosing to have mercy on you, it doesn't matter what you tried to do to make him happy. Amen? See, that may sound like rough news at first, but at the end of the day, I'm very thankful for that. Because it means that no matter how good I am, that's not what gets me into heaven. It also means it don't matter how bad I mess up, that he still loves me and has mercy on me. Amen? Amen. And so until you understand that, don't try to live for God. Because you're going to be living for God for the wrong reasons. And you say amen. amen. All right. Now, number two. If we're going to live for God, how many of you guys know we need to live a life of total dedication? How many of you guys have ever been dedicated to something before? Huh? It's going to take a life of total dedication. Someone say dedication. dedication. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Let's go back. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. How many guys know that sounds like dedication, right? It doesn't mean you actually put your life on a literal altar, right? In the Old Testament, that's what they would do. They would put an animal on the altar, right? They'd chop that bad boy up, light that bad boy on fire, right? Or God would light it on fire, Amen. Do you know that we are not called to go put ourselves on a real altar? Amen? But we are to live a life that has been altered by Jesus Christ. Amen? And that means that it's a life of total dedication, self-denial, and sacrifice. How many guys know that's not easy to do? Amen? How many guys it's easy for you to sacrifice? It's not that easy, right? Look, God saves us not just to come to church, but to serve Him. Amen? Look, if God just saved you and left you here, why did he leave you here? Huh? To serve him, right? Otherwise, where would you be? To beam me up, Scotty, take me to heaven, right? You guys, man, this is like over, what's going on here? You guys with me? All right. Look, God saved you so you would serve him. Amen? If it was all about just going straight to heaven, as soon as he saved you, guess what? You'd be in heaven. But he left you here for a reason, for a purpose, so that your life would be a living sacrifice unto him. Why? Because other people need to hear about Jesus Christ, right? Because other people need to know what it looks like for someone to live for Jesus Christ, right? So he calls your people. He says, look, I've already laid down my life for you. Now it's time for you to lay down your life for me. And as long as you know that I love you, and that you 
no matter how good you are, it's not like a test. If you fail, you're no good. He says, look, you passed already. You're going to get to go to heaven because of my son. You trust in my son. So now that you know that it's not about you trying to pass the test, but it's about you just giving your all because I gave my all. How many guys know that straightens out your motives real quick? Right? And he says, now that you know, that you know that you know that I love you no matter what, now I want everything from you. I want everything from you. Right? Because look, when he gave us his son, he didn't just look through his pocket and be like, oh, you know, I got some spare change, you know. You know, good luck, bro, you know. Right? No, what do you do? He said, I'm giving you my best. I'm giving you my son, my perfect son, my sinless son, the one who's never committed one sin. He's never had one dirty thought. The perfect son, I'm giving him for you. Right? And the thing about that is we did not deserve that. We did not deserve God giving us his best. He, we didn't have it coming to us. And so once that hits you, man, it's like, bam, it gets inside your head. It gets, in, sorry, it gets inside your heart, right? And it gets deep down inside of you. It changes you and brings you to a place where you say, Lord, I see what you've done for me. What would you like me to do for you? Amen. Amen? And that's the life of sacrifice where he says, become a living sacrifice. Why? Because of the mercies of God. You become a living sacrifice. I like what it says. Paul says to present or to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does it mean to present something or to offer something? Huh? It's a gift, right? How many of you guys know that you don't want to give something all dirty and all messed up, right? Right? If I'm going to go give a, a birthday gift or I'm going to go do something, right? I'm not going to do it all jacked up. I mean, it's the thought that counts at the end of the day. Amen? God knows our hearts. But do you guys know in the Old Testament, you guys ever read the Old Testament before? Right? There's a lot of stories in there, and it's kind of like, it's kind of a bloody book. Amen? It's like guts and blood and animals dying all the time. Right? It's the Old Testament. Right? Because the, only, the way that God had people work in the Old Testament, the big part of your Bible, right, is by God saying, if you want to get right, if you want your sins cleansed, you're going to have to go and sacrifice an animal. Amen? You have to sacrifice an animal. Do you know that when people went to church in the Old Testament, it looked like a meat market? It looked like a butcher shop? Guess what? It probably stunk like blood. There's probably flies everywhere. Why? Why does God, why do God want that? Because He wants you to see the ugliness of sin. So when you go into the house of worship, you must know that sin costs. That sin is ugly. And so you wouldn't just say, oh, Lord, just forgive me. Right? Oh, forgive No, you got to get bloody. Right? You're going to have to get bloody and lay down some animals and sacrifice it. And your sin is adapted to that animal. Amen? And so we're not going to sacrifice ourselves literally in the sense of putting ourselves on an altar. But look at what he says. He says, present yourself as a living sacrifice. That means, Lord... I'm going to lay my life on this altar, so to speak. I'm giving you myself. Lord, it's going to hurt. I'm going to get bloody. I'm going to get chopped up. And I'm going to offer all of it to you. And Lord, I pray that it's an acceptable offering. I know it sounds bloody. It sounds crazy. But it's just Bible, right? He says, I want you to offer a sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Because how many guys know that 
God don't need a whole bunch of martyrs. A lot of people are like, man, I would die for Jesus. Guess what? He don't need you to die for him. He needs you to live for him. He needs you to live for him in such a way that you deny yourself. And it's obvious to everybody around you that you don't live for you. Right? That you live for him instead. Right? Like, what are you about, bro? What are you about, sister? I'm about Jesus Christ. That's what I'm about. You want to get up in my business? You want to know what I'm about? I'm all about Jesus. Right? You want to go in my house, look through my house? You're going to see I'm all about Jesus. I got books. I got Bibles. I'm a dork. Amen? I'm all about Jesus. Right? Because that's the life of living sacrifice. And it's not just for you. It's for other people. Right? And sacrifice means pain. Sacrifice wouldn't be sacrifice if it wasn't painless, correct? Sacrifice has to hurt. It has to cost you. You have to feel it. Amen? How many of you guys have made sacrifices for things in the world? Be honest. How many of you guys, you've sacrificed things in the world? Let me tell you something. Because of my sinful desires and my allegiance to my flesh, my allegiance to pursuing my own pleasures... Outside of God, I sacrificed my family. I sacrificed my kids. I, you said talk about idol worship or oh, we don't sacrifice our kids. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I sacrificed my kids. I sacrificed my family. I sacrificed everything. Be after, because I was serving another God. I was serving the God of my flesh. I was serving Satan. No matter how you put I don't have to be cutting chicken heads off and making pentagrams to be serving Satan. Amen? You don't have to. That's not what devil. Devil worship is serving anything besides God. Hello? Amen? And see, and I sacrificed. Many of you have sacrificed. Things have cost you. You've paid a price because of the choices that you've made. Right? You paid a price because you sacrificed to something else besides God. And now it's time to sacrifice for God. And think about the pain. Just stop for a second and think about the pain and how much it hurt when you made those sacrifices and you were doing what you were doing. I can remember sitting up in a room, smoking my little pipe, thinking about my kids, thinking about my family, thinking about what I'm doing. Amen? How much did that hurt? It hurt. It shed tears in my life. Amen? How much more is it going to hurt and go to your heart and cut you in your heart to sacrifice for God? It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. It's going to cost you something to sacrifice for God because sacrifice hurts. I like Malachi 1.8. Check this out. He's talking, he's talking to the priests and to the people of Israel in the Old Testament. Malachi 1.8. And check out what he says. In short, I'm going to tell you real quick, he's saying, look, you do better for people than you do for God. You give people what looks best, but you won't give God your best. Listen to what he says. He says, when you offer blind animals and sacrifice, is that not evil? When you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? That's a heavy scripture right there. He says, look. You're willing to give your best to a man. You're willing to give your best to another human being. But you always give the Lord your leftovers. Amen? Now remember, 
if it wasn't for, I'm going to take you back, if it wasn't for the cross and the mercies of God, these messages get too heavy to bear. Amen? It's like, now I can never live up to that. Guess what? Go back to the mercies of God. Go back to the cross. Hello? Now take you back to make those sacrifices again. The best sacrifices. Amen? Because it, what it does is it restructures your heart when you understand you make the best sacrifice because God made the best sacrifice for you. Are you with me this morning? See, this life we give to God has to be like a, has to be like a blank contract. How many guys, when you, when you give a check, you write a check, you don't give a blank check to somebody, right? What happens? They're going to clear you out. They might anyways. How many guys know when it comes to God? He says, I want you to sign your name on the contract. I want you to sign your name on the check, and then I'll fill it out. So he says, you already have to be committed to me before you know what I'm going to ask you to do. That has to be your heart. Before you can say, before you can start willing and dealing with God, like, God, I'll give you, I'll give you three if you give me two, right? God don't work like that. He says, no, I want your whole heart first. I want your whole heart first. And you say, amen. Don't start crying on me now. Come on. See, we will never lay down our life for God until we fully trust this God and fully know that He loves us. Amen? Number three, we've got to live a life of total separation. Go to verse two. So Paul says, I appeal to you by the mercies of God. Then he says, make your life a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable to God. Right? And then he goes on to say this. Check this out. What's it say? You guys read that for me. Do not be conformed. All right. What do you see right there? Do not be conformed to this world. Is this pastor saying this or is this scripture? Okay. I mean, that's the only thing that matters. Amen? That's the only thing that matters. What does the scripture say? The scripture says, do not be conformed to this world. He says, so, okay, you're going to live your life as a living sacrifice? Let me start breaking down how you live for God. First of all, you got to know God gave his all for you. Second, you got to give your all for God. And now how does that begin to work out in your life? First of all, you need to make a separation from the world. Amen? How do you guys know you need to break up from the, with the world? Amen? What do I mean by the world? It means all the old ways. The old ways of thinking, all that stinking thinking, right? All the things that were all about sin and pleasure and doing me. You guys ever say, I'm just going to do me. You guys ever said those words before? Guess what? It ain't about doing you, right? It's about doing Jesus. Amen? And so you're going to have to break up with the world. You guys ever went through a bad breakup before? Huh? Right? And you just couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't cut it off. You just kind of, ah, oh, we're not together, but we still talk and, right, all that. Guess what? God said, you got to break it. Break it, break all the way away. Right? Don't accept phone calls from the devil no more. Amen? Guess what? At 2 o'clock in the morning, you're feeling lonely, don't call the devil. Hello? Right? Basically, God said, you're going to sit at my table. Don't be playing footsies with the devil. Hello? Right? Curling your hair, looking at the devil. Don't be doing that, right? Don't be, no, none of that, right? 
Don't flirt with the world is what God says. Right? He says you got to make a clean break. Quit playing with the devil. Quit acting like you could play a little bit with the devil and come back home to, to God at night. Because it don't work that way. It's an all or nothing thing. Do you guys know that the Christian life is likened to marriage? And a marriage requires two people who are going to be faithful to each other. Amen? We already know that God is faithful to us. Can you say amen? How many guys God's faithful to you? Has God ever cheated on you? Has God ever betrayed you? Just say it. You guys got to say it like you mean it. All right. You guys got to think about it. See, I don't know about you, but my God's been pretty faithful to me. Even when I've been a little harlot and I went and cheated on him. Hello. When I went and cheated on him, guess what, man? He's always opened his doors back up to me. He said, come on. Come on. You know what you did. You know, God will always open his door if you want to come back home. But the thing is, he's going to say, because how many guys know God isn't mocked? Right? God isn't mocked. So, like, you may be able to lie to another person and play games on them. Guess what? You can't play games with God. God knows the difference. Right? He knows whether you're going to come back home and still try to keep that number behind your ID. Hello. Right? He knows all your secret spots. He knows it all. And he said, you can come home, but you're going to have to ditch all that stuff. I mean, guys, don't, he's faithful like that. Amen? He's faithful like that. He's good. Check this out. The book of James, chapter 4, verse 4 says, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Wow. That means God says, if I see you with the world, it's on sight. <laughs> right? It's on sight. Don't be flirting with the world. Don't be messing with the devil. Amen? That means you got to break up. You got to separate. Do not be conformed to this world. Amen? 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 17 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. That means... God says, I don't want you to be playing with any affections in your heart for this old dirty world. Right? Look, what, what sense does it make when the devil has betrayed you, set you up, stolen from you, destroyed your family, caused addiction, caused abuse, caused violence, caused sexual abuse? He's done all these things. Why would we want to continue to be friends with him? Why would we want to continue to hang out with him? God says, don't hang out with the world. Don't hang out with Satan. Get away. Break up. Get to stepping. Amen? Because God wants you to walk with Him alone. 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 Amen? God don't, He don't want, he just, it's very simple. He wants you to be faithful to Him the way He's faithful to you. Don't be playing footsies with the devil. Someone shake your toe. Don't do it. Don't do it. Amen? See, God makes you, makes you lift up the table skirt, amen? You can't, don't, I want, I want to see where your feet are at, huh? Right? He's checking your feet. I see your toe, you little wiggler, amen? Right? 
God wants that breakup from the world. Can you say amen? See, I like this. The Apostle Paul said these words. I like this. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. He said, That's pretty, it's a pretty clean break. I'm either going to serve Jesus or I'm going to be a man pleaser. You guys know that we struggle with pleasing people in our life? And God says, I want you to love everyone in your life. Be a good witness, but don't love them more than you love me. Don't love them more than you love me. Because guess what? God has a way of scrambling your eggs, right? And messing with you and taking away things from your life if you don't make him number one. I know that's kind of hard to hear, but guess what? The Bible says he's a good father, and he disciplines his children. Amen? Amen? God will give you the chancla. Amen? Amen. Hello. But, guys, no, he don't lose his cool like mom and dad used to. Amen? It's a disciplined, accurate chancla. Right? he gets you. But why? It's because he loves you. Right? And he wants to keep you close to him. He wants to keep you right next to him. And when God says, don't do that, when all these rules, what are rules there for? To keep you safe. To protect you, right? Because God, because Father knows best. Amen? How many guys know God knows best? And so when He says, don't do this, don't do that, because He ain't trying to kill your joy. Not because He don't want you to have a good time. He says, I don't want you to hurt yourself. I'm tired of watching you hurt yourself. You guys with me? All right. Number four, if we're going to live for God, we need a life of spiritual education. Back to, back to Romans. How many of you guys know that we have to be very intentional about getting rid of the stinking thinking in our lives? Amen? How many of you guys have stinking thinking? Huh? Right? Just funky up here, right? Got all kinds of junk in there, cobwebs. I like it. My pastor said it last time. I, I, it's one of my favorites. He says, he goes, man, your, your heart could be... Your heart could be right with God, but your head could be all messed up. Huh? You guys ever been there before? You know you love God, but your head is just, you tore up, right? You still got all kinds of resin on the side of the glass pipe, all of you, just all caked on there, right? You guys remember. You remember. Come on now. You remember. Don't act like you don't remember. Look, God wants to get all that residue off the pipe. Amen? He wants a clean start. Hello? See, but the thing is, is that God doesn't switch out our brains and our minds. He doesn't say, oh, let me take this brain out and give you a new brain. What he does do is he gives you a new heart, and then he gives you the responsibility to start getting it together right here. Hello? I like what it says. It says, do not be conformed to the world, but what? Be transformed by the renewal of your what? How many of you guys know your thinking matters? Your thinking matters. If you have wrong thoughts, it will lead to wrong attitudes. Wrong attitudes will lead to wrong actions. Wrong actions will lead to what? Wrong living. Wrong lifestyles. Amen? So you got to get it right in here. Amen? So you know how to properly perceive life and perceive God and perceive your neighbor to know how to think accurately in order for you to live accurately. 
Does that make sense? All right. Check it out. So what does it mean to renew something? You guys ever had to renew your license or anything like that? It means you got to go back and you got to update. You got to get a 2.0 on that thing. Right? You got you to upgrade. You got to set it back up again. And look, it says you have to renew your mind. Why? So you'll be transformed. How many of you guys want transformation in your life? How many of you guys need transformation in your life? Someone say, something's got to change. It's going to start with you. It's going to start with you. Say, I got to change. I have to change. A lot of times, this was for free. We could spend all of our time and our energy trying to get other people to change in order that our life will be more comfortable and you don't have that kind of power. Guess, guess what? If God can't get you to change, what makes you think your spouse is going to? Hello. Right? Now, God can if he wanted to. If he really wanted to, he can really jack you up. But how many of you guys know God works out of free will in relationship? Right? He wants you to want to do right. He don't want to just make you do it just because he can. Guess what? Anyone can flex on you. Right? You put a gun to my head and make me say something. I mean, I might say it if I'm scared enough. Right? How I many guys, God has power. He can make you do things. But he says, no, I don't want to make you do something you don't want to do. I want you to want to want it. I want you to want to do it. I want you to want to love me. I want you to want to be transformed. So do you want to be transformed? And he says it starts with the renewal of your mind. I'll give you the new heart. But it's your responsibility to renew that mind. Amen? And get rid of that stinking thinking. Check this out. We have to learn to say no to foolish ways of thinking so we can say yes to godly thinking. Do you know what that means? It means that when you think, you have to run all your thoughts by God. Right? You have to say, Lord, am I thinking right? Lord, is what I'm thinking in line with your word? Right? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Is my attitude right? Is it in line with your word or am I just doing what I want to do? See, we have to say no to ourselves. Check this out. When we begin to allow God's word to do a work in our life, it's kind of like, you guys ever had to fog a house before? No? You guys ever have a bunch of cockroaches? Come on. You guys remember the tweaker pad, right? You guys remember Come on. I'm the only one. Okay. All right. Cockroaches everywhere, right? See these houses? You know, you see the family pack of, you know, all the bombs, right? They're all over the house, up on all, everywhere, right? Look, when it comes to serving God, guess what? This, this right here is infested with cockroaches. And God wants to put the word of God inside of you. And it's a little fogger, right? And it goes off. And all the little cucarachas, right? They turn over, Right? Right? Because God wants to clean you out. Check this out. Listen. Before you can be transformed, you have to be informed. You have to be informed before you can be transformed. Right? So that means you have to get up on game. You have to get up on knowledge. God's knowledge. Which is what? Bible, right? And it's not only Bible... God begins to teach you by His Holy Spirit. As you begin to obey Bible, as you begin to practice obedience, and as you fail and try and fail and try and fail and try, that God reminds you 
of who he is and what he's doing in your life. And that's how the transformation takes place, through obedience. Amen? It's through obedience, a lifestyle of obedience and the word of God that you begin to change on the inside. Check this out. A lack of application of the information, it doesn't not only lead to a lack of spiritual transformation, it leads to spiritual constipation. <laughs> Hello. Amen. You guys know you can be spiritual all plugged up. Huh? I know it's funny. It's all right. Look, a lack of application of the Word of God doesn't bring about transformation. You have to apply what you're learning. If you want to be transformed, you got to be informed. But that information has to be dedicated to application. You have to do what you know. You have to learn. You have to live up to what God is teaching you. Because why? A lack of application leads to what? You could say it. A lack of spiritual application leads to spiritual constipation. Hello, you're going to need some spiritual x lacks. Hello. You got to get cleaned out. Amen? I know I talk crazy. It's all right. You guys, you guys have heard it before. Amen? Don't get all holy on me. Look, we have to, we need a spiritual education, learning to think God's thoughts after Him. And the only way we do it is when we learn what God says, we need a personal revelation in our heart. When God speaks to us, and as we obey, and as we learn, how many of you guys ever had those aha moments, right? Where you're learning, and like the light bulb comes on, and you're like, oh, I see, Lord. Right? It was there the whole time. It just took a while. You know, you know it just takes a minute to get there, right? But once you get that aha moment, and it blows up in your mind, like, oh, I get it. That's the revelation you need. And then once you understand how it works, then you're more eager to want to do it, right? Because now you're not like, I, it works now. I get it. I get it. Amen? That's called discipleship. You're starting to become a disciple. You're starting to become a learner. You're starting to become a doer of the word, right? You're starting to learn how this Christian life works. Hello? And you're starting to learn how to live for God. And guess what? Once you get an ownership of your own spiritual life, then you're able to start passing on life to others. Amen? Once you're up on spiritual game, you're able to lay someone else. Amen? But if you don't got it, you can't pass it on. Amen? Are you guys learning something today? All right. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Everyone say trust. Trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. You guys know that we have our own understanding. And God says, don't lean on that. Lean on my word. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your, on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. That means God says, I don't care how smart you are, how much you think it is right here. At the end of the day, if you want to be spiritually renewed and transformed, it's going to come through the process of trusting me. You can learn information, but true growth comes from trust. Lord, I trust you. I don't understand you. 
I don't understand what you're doing in my life right now. God, I'm trying to be obedient. I'm trying to live this Christian life. Lord, I don't understand what, why my circumstances are the way they are. I don't understand why things are going the way they are for me. But Lord, I don't lean on my own understanding. I trust you. I trust you. Amen? And when you trust God, that's when you begin to grow in God. Because at the end of the day, you want to know who the mature saints are? Are the ones who've been through hell and back and they're still standing. Amen? It ain't about how much Bible you know. It's about how much you grow. And are you solid? Can you handle the pain of life? The circumstances of life? the complexity of life, and through it all, still say, Lord, I trust you, and I still believe in the name of the Lord. Amen. I still believe that he is good. I still believe that he knows what he's doing. I still believe that he's working all things for my good, because I love him. Amen. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts, this is the Lord speaking, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That means God thinks on a whole different level than you do. So whatever you're thinking right now, God thinks at a higher level than that. Right? You ever been around someone who's like just really smart, or they have a lot of wisdom, right? And like you're talking to them, and you know, you think you're just talking to them, and you realize, man, man, they got it going on. They're like three steps ahead of me, Right? I've been around people like that. I'm just like amazed. Like, man, you're, you're pretty sharp, right? You guys know God is like way sharper than that, right? He's got you. He's got like so many angles, like chest. Man, got you, right? He got you 10 times over. You think you know what you're doing? He knows what he's doing. Amen? All right. And lastly, in closing, someone say closing. You guys get ready for the lake. Amen. Finally, if we're going to live for God, we need a life of evaluation. Amen? Someone say evaluation. So, so far, what have we learned, church? I want to hear, first of all, what have we learned so far? Talk to me. Don't be afraid to talk back to me. We've got to sacrifice our life. What else did you hear today? Hold on. You first. Amen. Amen. We're blessed by the grace of God. What else? Huh? Break up with the world? That's right. Huh? Living with application. That's right. That's right. What else? Transform our minds. Right? What'd you say, Louis? Change your heart. What else? I said a lot of things. Come on. We're not worthy of God's mercy. Amen. That's the starting point. To understand you ain't worthy of His mercy. But He, chose, he chooses to have mercy on us. He spared us. He spared us. You went before the judge. You were guilty of sin. And He said, I have mercy on you. And I spare you from having to do life. I spare you from having to go to the electric chair. Amen. And so, huh? We got to get, come on, we got to get bloody. Come on. <laughs> come on. It's going to hurt, girl. It's going to hurt. How many of you guys know it's worth it? 
It's worth it. Come on. That's a preacher over there. Come on. In closing, we need a life of evaluation. The very last part of that verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Why? You know what that means? It means that if you want to know the will of God for your life, how many guys want to know God's will for your life? Right? You know the you know the basics, right? A lot of us know the basics, like we know not to kill somebody, we know, right? You know all the basic things, right? Right? I know not to spit in your face, I know not to do stupid stuff, right? I know that. You know that, we all know that. Stealing's bad, all that stuff, right? Basic stuff. But after you get beyond the basics, you get to a place in your life where you're saying, Lord, what's next? I'm obedient. I'm living a life of sacrifice. I'm serving God. I'm serving in the church. I'm out in the street. I'm just, Lord, my life is yours. I belong to you. Lord, I've dedicated my life to you. I've separated my life. I broke up with the world, Lord. I don't go, I don't go to Chicha's house no more, okay? Right, I stay home with mama, right? Right? You don't know Chicha? No. Right. Relax. You dedicate yourself to the Lord. You separate yourself for the Lord. You begin a spiritual education for the Lord of renewing your mind and applying what you learn. And the Bible says it's as you do those things, that you're able to test so that you may discern what the will of God is. Do you guys want to know how God leads you in life? You guys pray for guidance. You pray for guidance. Lord, what's next? I need instruction. I need you to help me, Lord. Because you know how to do the day-to-day things, but where is God taking me? What path is he leading me on? I know eventually I'm going to go to heaven, but for this life... What's it all about? You guys know God has a calling and a purpose for you in this life. A very specific one. A very specific one that he sets you apart for. And he says, as you obey me, as you dedicate to me and separate for me and get educated right here for me, I'm going to begin to reveal my will to you. And it's only through the application of learning God and living for God through a life of obedience that he begins to reveal his will. It's kind of like a dimmer life. You guys know those dimmer lights? The more God reveals to you, the more you obey it, the more he turns on the light. Amen? See, a lot of us have been living in darkness. We don't know where we're going, and our life hurts because we don't have enough light, and we keep bumping into walls, right? We keep hitting corners. Because we're not walking in the light. And we're not being obedient to what we know. And so God would say, if you want to discern the will of God, if you want to learn my will, you want to know where I'm taking you? You want to know where I'm taking your family? You want to know what I'm doing in your life? Get obedient. Follow me wholeheartedly. And I will turn on more light for you and show you more. Because until you do what I've already told you, I'm not going to tell you anymore. Amen? We can all go ahead and stand on our feet.